my sermon is two halves, like the first half that I wrote with fever COVID brain, and then the second half that I <laughs> wrote yesterday. And so, so it'll be a little bit different, but it'll all come together and, and uh, you'll probably see a difference um, in the two. We'll kind of break it up, but it's all good. I don't know why I always have to like explain myself before I preach every time, <laughs> but we're all family here, right? So... Okay, so um, two types of burdens that we're going to talk about. So the first half, um, we're going to be talking about um, burdens that um, religion can put on us and on people. And then the second half is the burden that living in this world puts on us and what we're supposed to do with each. So we're going to start with Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. And this is Jesus saying this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Jewish people of Jesus' day would be more righteous before God, and he would send the Messiah quicker to deliver them from Roman oppression and restore the kingdom of Israel. So they had at least 613 laws that they had to follow. Jesus corrected the religious leaders on many things, and uh, this was one of them. Jesus, re- uh, Luke eleven forty six. Jesus replied, and you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. The people were burdened, They couldn't live up to a perfect standard and be righteous by their works, no matter how well they followed Jesus. Jesus is uh, telling them in uh, Matthew 11, 28, he's telling them, come here to me, all of you that are weary and burdened from all of this, all of these laws, I will give you rest, rest from these burdens. Take my yoke upon you. Does, Does anyone know what a yoke is? We probably know what a yoke is. So this is what we have to think about with a yoke, um, you know, yoke of oxen. Um, but, um, and uh, it's, you know, these yokes are still used to some extent. And uh, this is always what I think of when Jesus says that, take my yoke upon you. Um, but I think that this kind of yoke um, fits better into what Jesus is saying. Um, a human yoke used to carry water and other heavy things um, is a good illustration. The people were weighed down with the law and sin, just like the weight of these water buckets, um, carrying them around all the time. Take my yoke upon you. In the Greek, this word for my also means of me. And I really find that interesting. I like the thought of Jesus's yoke being Jesus himself. Not another set of rules, just Jesus. He's easy and light. He's the only one that relieves the burden of the law and sin. He says, take on the yoke of me. Follow me. Uh, Matthew 22, 37 to 40. um, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You know, his yoke is easy, and it doesn't weigh us down. His burden doesn't weigh us down. It's humble, and it's simple. Jesus is saying this to us today. 
Take the yoke of Jesus upon upon yourself. It's easy and light. You no longer need to be weighed down by a life of sin or the rules of the religious. The church at large has been full of rules that weigh down people that just want to follow Jesus. There are church splits because some people believe certain rules are more important than other rules. You may have come from a church tradition that was full of rules or maybe toxic teachings and harmful messages either uh, in that church or from Christian literature or other speakers or just fellow believers have come upon you. So let me give you a few examples. For the first century Jews, uh, they did not want to be ceremonially unclean. So they had specific rules about how to wash before meals. They had to wash up to their wrists. But if they washed their elbows, then they would be sure that they would be ceremonially ceremonially, I'm still not saying right, um, clean. And they were required, um, so, you know, so the, the law, the rules were then, well, you got to wash your elbow, even though it was, you know, they do this, they just need to be clean. So, you know, it was like this extra step, extra rules. And they were required to tie certain spices that they would, um, so they would tie that even more than the required spices um, to be that much more righteous or to be sure that they had achieved that law. Extra laws to help you keep the law. And similar things happen amongst Christians today. I'm going to pick on the American church culture a bit today, and I'm going to be a little sarcastic and snarky a bit. (laughs) Warning. Um, Although I see the church shifting um, into more freedom. So, uh, Ephesians 5.18. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. So Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk with wine. That's what we're not supposed to do. Um, So to prevent us from getting drunk with wine, we were told, um, if you've grown up in church culture, you know, this is what I grew up with. We were told not to drink any alcohol at all. In fact, we shouldn't associate with anyone who drinks alcohol because others may think that we drink and consider us as a poor witness for Christ. And you know what? You should probably avoid walking down the alcohol aisle at the grocery store, even if it's faster to get to where you're going. Because if someone from church sees you walking down that aisle, they may think that you drink alcohol, and that's a sin. And you should probably feel a little guilty if you drink root beer out of a brown bottle. Because if somebody sees you, they may think that you're drinking alcohol. Okay? So all of this to prevent you from getting drunk and sinning. That was the sin, getting drunk, not the drinking alcohol. So we deconstruct that for a minute. So Jesus drank wine. He turned water into wine at a wedding. And no, their wine wasn't like grape juice or different from today, even though that's what we were told to excuse why they drank wine and we weren't allowed to. Um, I've heard others say, well, it is okay to drink wine, but not other alcohol, because um, the Bible just talks about, you know, talks about wine. Um, But the point is that we're not to be drunk. We're to be filled with the Spirit, to have our mind clear and set on Christ. It doesn't matter the drink, whether it's wine or something else. Rules to keep rules. Um, Now, I'm not talking about if you're recovering alcoholic or you struggle with alcohol and you need to set boundaries. That's not what I'm talking about here. That's important. I'm talking about how things spiral from freedom to burden. Another one I heard at some point, Christian rock music was not okay because if I listen to it loudly in my car and someone on the street hears the beat 
from the rock. They may think that I'm listening to music of the world, and that would hurt my witness. That is something I've heard. No drums in church, no electric guitar in church, no instruments at all in church, only a cappella hymns, because then you won't be like the world. 1 Timothy 2.9 says that women should dress themselves in modest clothing. So we're going to decide what is modest for women, even though Paul was talking about not flaunting wealth and being full of good works. Instead, let's flaunt our wealth by requiring everyone to wear their best clothes to church every Sunday so that those coming in feel un- that don't have nice clothes feel uncomfortable and less than. Some churches require women to wear dresses or skirts all the time. Uh, women can't work. Women should be good homemakers because Proverbs 31, and you should probably homeschool your children and feel guilty if you don't. Also, you can't teach men or boys over 12. And men get the pressure to be a true man, a man's man, to be the sole leader of the house, be the head over the wife and children. We've talked about head several times over the last year, and this isn't what Paul was saying, um, and I'm not going to go into that more again today. Both the church and the world pressures men to measure up, to man up. You should know how to fix your own car, be a handyman, uh, hunt, climb the ladder of success, don't be too emotional, don't be too artistic, etc., etc., lead, lead, lead. So many rules or pressures on how to be a real man or woman. And if you're a Christian in America, then you are part of this political party. Because you couldn't possibly be truly following Jesus if you vote for the candidate of the other party. And that's the thought on both sides of the aisle. So, I know that's a lot of sarcasm for me, but I think you get the point. Um, Religious people are still trying to tell us how to be more righteous by doing things on the outside. The Pharisees love the rules more than the person. Rules over grace, burdens. But Jesus is concerned about the heart. Is our heart fully his? His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Let's cast off the religious burdens and walk in, um, sorry, I lost my place. (laughs) Uh, Let's cast off the religious burdens and walk in the freedom that Christ has given us. Um, I'm not talking about freedom to sin, of course, but walking in his perfect light of freedom. Truly love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself, and the rest will fall into place. That was my COVID brain sermon. Now we're going to switch gears. (laughs) Um, And it's one another time. We've talked about one another's a lot. Um, I've talked about one another's a lot. I think that's really important. And uh, that's how we're supposed to walk together. So the next um, burden that we're going to talk about is Galatians 6.2. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So, the law of Christ is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's where I thought a lot about burdens. So Jesus says that his burden is light. So this backpack... It like has hardly anything in it. It's just the backpack itself, and it's got just a couple things in the front. And it's really light. So if we imagine this being Jesus, you know, his, his burden is light. It's very easy. I can even just like throw it up, catch it, and put it on, you know, no problem like this, okay? So um, we come across things in the world. So Jesus' burden is still light. 
Nothing changes that. His burden is still light. This is his light burden. But as we go throughout our life, we have, you know, we have things that come up that can be added to our burden. So, you know, you've got to adult. You've got to work. You've got to have a house over your head. And sometimes that can be stressful. What if you lose your job? What if you have um, a lot of expenses come up and repairs and things at your house and you don't have the money to repair it and there's a stress and that becomes a burden that goes on your back in your pack and things get a little bit heavier. Jesus' burden is still light, but we start carrying these heavier burdens. And, and then we, you know... We think about, well, we've got food and, or we've got clothing, you know, we've got to be, we've got to be clothed. We've got that. And we've got, um, health, you know, maybe where this is hurts and this jar of water, this is going to be the unforgiveness that we carry from those hurts. And... This here, this will represent, um, this is going to be an addiction. Maybe we have an addiction to our phones, to social media, maybe addiction to pornography or something like that. It's easy to access on our phone, so we'll put that in there. And this box of crayons I just found to find more weight, and that's just like the random just junk. That's just junk. We're just going to shove that in there, too. We're going to cram it in. Okay. So we get we got all of that. Jesus' burden is still light, but we've gathered all of these things um, as we go throughout our life that are just heavy burdens that we put in there as well. And we're independent people. That's who we are in America. So we're just going to carry this burden ourselves. We don't need anybody to come along and help us. We'll do it ourselves and um, and carry that. And let's see. Obviously, that's going to be a lot heavier burden. I cannot just throw this anymore. <laughs> Brie offered to be my uh, be my volunteer, but I don't want to like hurt her shoulder any more than it is. So, like, that, are you willing to let someone help you carry your burden? Are you willing to help someone carry? Are you willing to help carry someone else's burden? Are you willing to lay your burden down? When Penny and I were backpacking along Lake Superior recently, um, walking sticks. These are my walking sticks. Day three of our trip, Ain, um, she would hand one back to me, and then we found that we both needed to use one. And it's possible that neither of us would have finished the hike without the support that the walking sticks gave us. The fourth day, it was complete mud and mess, and I'm not sure we would have held up. So it got me thinking, are we sacrificial in how we help one another with their burdens, or do we only give what we have extra of? Are you willing to sacrifice your time and resources to help another with their burden? Often time, often time is our most precious resource. Think on that. And I'll probably preach more about sacrifice again soon as it's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. So while I'm talking about walking sticks, though, are we using the tools that we've been given or offered to us on this journey of life? 
Uh, these sticks were folded up, and I just kept them because they can fold in half. They were just like strapped to the back of my backpack the first two days. So I had this great resource that I wasn't using. Um, so uh, are you willing to receive help? I know many people that will give you the shirt off their back, but they will not ask others for help when they are in need. We all help one another to carry or cast down the burdens. Prayer, are you praying and spending time with the Lord, seeking him regarding your burden? Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Counseling or resources for help with hurts and struggles and addictions. And as I've said before, like I'm here with names of counselors and resources and help um, willing to walk alongside of you if you have sinful burdens to lay down. Pace. Uh, When we were journeying together on our backpacking trip and carrying one another's burdens, uh, we need to adjust our pace for one another. Sometimes we have to take a break or slow down. People don't always move at our pace. We were disappointed especially as we passed a point when we realized that we should have turned, or what we should have done, but to turn back now would add too many miles. So we kept moving forward on this different path, not the one we wanted, but the one that would still get us to our next campsite. I don't handle disappointment well. (laughs) I don't. I'm working on that. Um, So... um, uh, I was struggling inside, walking through these dark woods when we could be gazing at the clique. When we love one another, we're patient and not easily offended. This takes practice, and we grow in this as we walk with Jesus. We need to check in on one another and look out for one another. I set the pace on the trip. I set the pace and led us on the path. I needed to stay aware of how Penny was doing since my back was to her. Was she able to keep up with my pace? Did she need a break? Was she jumped by a bear? You know, these important things. Every so often, I would ask how she was doing, and I would warn her about a tricky route or something that was ahead, although she would usually know that that was there because she already saw me trip on it. We need to check in on one another. How many sisters and brothers are you talking to throughout the week? Anyone? Your spouse and kids don't exactly count, although it's good if you talk to them as well. If you do talk to one another, do you truly take time to find out how they're doing? If they have a need, do you take time to make a plan to help them with that need? If you don't talk to anyone during the week, are you taking time to do that on Sunday? Or are you flying in just before church starts and flying out quickly right afterwards. If you don't know, people stay and visit here for like an hour after church every week. It's really good. It's a unique thing that doesn't happen everywhere. That's just has happened here. Um, And so we need to be checking in on one another to encourage and help if needed. We help one another. It's reciprocal, back and forth. Sometimes you carry the extra load and sometimes I do. And it can be exhausting When I was done with this backpacking trip, my body was so sore. Some of you saw me at the fireside chat that night. My feet were all blistered, and my back, my upper back just ached. 
But um, you know what else? All of that stress from that experience was leaking out in other ways. My face suddenly broke out. I had words of frustration coming out of my mouth towards Jonathan on the way to that fireside chat that I later had to apologize for. Um, My thighs broke out, and I came down sick a few days later. Sometimes the difficulties of our journey wear us out, and we need help from one another. Sometimes helping one another wears us out, and we need help from another one another. The supporter needs support. We are called to be here for one another, loving and helping to carry the burdens that will come our way as long as we still live on this earth. We are not promised that things will be easy, but when we take the light burden of Jesus himself upon us, his love, hope, and peace, we find that we have the strength to walk through the trials of life with him and one another. We were made to be in relationship with him and one another. This is life in Christ. So this week's reflection questions. What religious rules am I holding on to that are making the burden heavier for myself or others? What burdens do I need to lay down? What sins or unnecessary burdens do I have in my life? And that could be overcommitment, too many things to upkeep, um, et cetera, et cetera. What do I need to ask a trusted one another for help with? And who can I check in on this week? Let's pray. Lord, you are good. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to journey this life alone. I thank you that your spirit dwells within us. That you are light and easy. And I thank you that we get to journey this life with one another. Lord, we just pray for a unity of spirit and our eyes to be open to the needs and our hearts filled and overflowing with compassion for one another. Continue to draw us together to help and show us, Lord, what unnecessary burdens that we're carrying along with us. We thank you, Lord, that you give us strength to journey through this life with all of its ups and downs and roots and troubles, that you give us strength. And we look forward. We're filled with hope for the day when we no longer have those And we get to be with you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.